guys. Vegas Fever Podcast. Jason and Paula here with you. Hi. We got a really, really big show. Really, really big show. Um, Nick Rabone is going to join us, uh, associate head coach UNLV Hockey. Um, really, really excited about that. Before he jumps on to join us, got to talk about a few things. Um, little Knights Nuggets, you know, <laughs> uh, as as we'll call them. Um, there was some, since we last did a show, there was, you know, a season ending press conference with players, with, um, with coaches, with the staff, yes, with, <laughs> with the higher ups in the staff and some pretty interesting comments, um, that I'm going to be reading from, uh, sinbin.vegas. This is courtesy of their Twitter, um, but before we get to that, what I wanted to do was I wanted to mention to you, you probably hadn't heard this. Um, Jack Eichel spent the last two months of the season with a with a fractured wrist. That mm-hmm. happened in early February. I remember when it happened. I can't quote the opponent, but I remember when he got hurt mm-hmm. and he was out for a game or two and people were like, oh boy, here we go. But the Knights at the time had said that they – had that you know a bullet was dodged um and apparently that bullet was probably that it wasn't fully broken i guess that would be the yeah bullet. i mean i don't know too much but i've had a few fractures and there's not a ton they could do for them except let them heal depending on how bad they are i i don't know as far as like sports stuff but his wasn't a it wasn't a it wasn't great but it wasn't broken but he played through it so that's something that, you know, will just have to mend itself because, you know, with hands and feet, it, they, you know, they just suck and they, they don't heal the way you want them to all the time. Uh, Robin Leonard had surgery on his shoulder, I believe. See, I get, I get confused and lost with him because he had a couple of issues, but I believe it was the shoulder um, that he was having trouble with. And... We still don't know about Pete DeBoer coming back. We assume he's going to come back. We assume that he's had conversations um, with management. Um, And there's our cat. (laughs) Do you think – here, let's let's bring the cat. Bruno, come here. Do you think that Pete DeBoer should come back or do you think that he should go? All right, he's thinking about it. So – Something that throws a little bit of an interesting um, dynamic into this is that Barry Trotz was let go from the New York Islanders. He was the head coach of the Capitals when the Capitals beat the Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup. And he was the head coach of the Islanders for a few years after that. It was very, very shocking to hear that he was let go because... This past season, the Islanders were not good. They took a definite step back. They were in the conference final two years in I a row. I swear I thought you said the Rangers. I was like, I'm so confused no, right now. the Islanders. I... They took a big step back. Yeah. They were not what they were. And, They've been and pretty good. Barry but... Trotz is not to blame. This team had a lot going on, and it wasn't Barry Trotz's fault, and he got the axe. Can you say Barry Trotz one more time? Barry Trotz. <laughs> Barry effing Trotz. Do you think that Barry Trotz, since we're, since we're saying full names, do you think he is uh, the pot is sweet enough to get rid of Pete DeBoer and bring in Barry Trotz? 
I would enjoy a Barry Trotz uh, coach because I like his name. You you would enjoy that. That's the only reason. I feel like. But I thought you said that Pete DeBoer was untouchable because of all the injuries and look how far they came despite the injuries. And it's blah, 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 blah. That's all you've been yapping about for months now. So I would argue that it's not yapping. I would say that it's um, back and forth friendly uh, talking. Okay. Not friendly yapping, not yapping, you know, negative connotations. The Golden Knights, in my opinion, got rid of Gerard Gallant for a few reasons. They got rid of him because they had someone to jump to. Well, we really don't know mind. the entire story. We yet. don't. We will. We, of course. Ten years it'll, when he it'll retires. It'll be a documentary. <laughs> right. Yeah, it'll be that, you know, 30 ESPN 30 for 30, you know. Um, the relationship started to be fractured. We all know when after that 3-1 comeback by San Jose in the 2019 first round. And then it didn't get much better for Gallant. Or Gallant. I don't like Gallant. I like Gallant. Oh, I think it's sharp, you know, like you know, like the car, you know what I mean? Like it's more sharp. Pete DeBoer was sitting in Florida for a month after he got fired. It was, it was, if you're gonna do this, <laughs> it was completely logical that you go to, you know, he was the guy sitting there. Okay. You have another guy sitting there, but his services will be there will be a race to get a Barry Trotz because other teams need there's a few other teams that need coaches you know so there will be a, i don't know what conversations are going on i don't know if they will go on i feel like pete de is in the last year right now coming up this next year is the last year of his contract if they don't make a deep run i don't see him coming back Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't see him going The only back. crutch he has is the fact that everyone was injured. If if that had not been the case, I f- believe he'd be gone. So there was a – this happened on the 3rd. It was, uh, you know, your season-ending locker cleaning out, uh, talking to the players, talking to the coaches, talking to staff. Um, and I'm looking over some of the comments. Now, all the Vegas media was posting this, so this is definitely on any one of your favorite – um, whoever is you, you know you, you know your go to, you know for Vegas stuff. Um, Riley Smith is an unrestricted free agent, so that's something that we didn't really consider. Um, Jonathan Marsh so called him his best friend. Um, he wants him to be here. In my opinion, Riley Smith would have had a contract by now. Riley Smith was going to be in Vegas if he he should have had a contract by now. Um, and they still can, but once free agency hits in the middle of July, I mean, I don't think Riley Smith, if you don't get it done, I, I don't I think, he I don't think he's coming back. I think he brings a lot to the team. I would be sad to see him go. I think he's more important than William Carlson. For um, sure. I don't he's know if done. he's... I mean, it pains me to say to agree to that, because, <clears throat> but he's done a lot more this season, in my opinion, I think. I mean... I think the story on William Carlson being a 30-40 goal scorer is is that 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 was a one-hit wonder. Um 
And again, he did really well the second season as well. Not as many. He did. But if you're talking about overall, it's a decline. I mean, you go from 42 to 28 to like in the teens to like 10. And overall, the team is at a decline. Also, you would like a Barry Trotz because a Barry Trotz is better on the power play. Historically, his teams are better on the power play. So that is something good as well. Um. A lot of injuries, a lot of injury. This whole press conference was, they lost over 500 man hours, man games, I should say. Are you sad they're not in the playoffs? Does it feel different? Are you relieved? I mean, what is it you're feeling? After seeing Nashville get their asses kicked by Colorado. I mean, I don't, th- I don't know what Vegas would have been able to do. It feels a little different. We've never been in this position before yeah, as this, far as with Vegas. This time of year is usually way different um, than it I was. I get a little, you know, jealous seeing everyone, you know, from inside the ring talking about their teams in the playoffs. And I'm just like. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, we're playing. You know what I mean? Like one of the guys on inside the ring made a, cl- you know, you know, made a comment that like, hey. You know, some of us are playing golf, okay? Some of us are not in the playoffs, so, you know, you should be happy. Because, you know, some teams are complaining. Like, for instance, the Rangers are down 3-1 in the series to Pittsburgh. If they lose tonight, it's over. And And there goes my whole bracket. I had the Rangers advancing one time. So, I mean, that would blow your entire entire thing here. But a lot of the Ranger people on Inside the Rink are like, you know, they're like, oh, God, I... I think I'm going to jump off a cliff or something. You know what I mean? Like hypothetically. And it's just like, Hey, some of us are not in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Um, well, just because what, what's that saying? I always say, um, your broken arm can still hurt, even though the person's in a body cast next to you. Like, true. you know, sometimes you feel each other's pain and sometimes, sometimes not. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon made a comment about after season one, Management decided that the formula to the team's success was not sustainable and they needed better players to compete with a Washington capital. So, okay, well, that didn't happen, but that's why they that's why they went after Pacioretty, Stone, Petrangelo, Eichel, etc. Alec Martinez. That's why they went after these guys, because they decide they decided after season one to be the bad guys. Because season one was lovable, cuddly, oh, cute little puppy Vegas Golden Knights. And ever since then, it's been like, God, everybody hates this team. They really, really do. You know, it's it's not easy to be hated so quickly. And they've made some <laughs> very, very questionable maneuvers in a lot of different aspects. Speaking of Eichel, the Golden Knights were going to pick in the top echelon of the draft, but that pick goes to Buffalo because of Eichel. Right. It was top 10 protected, but it wasn't in the top 10. It ended up being 16. So Vegas forfeits that pick. They don't get a pick until like in the forties. So in like the mid second round is when, unless they trade up, unless they make a deal, that's the other side of this. They gave up, I think a first and a third and Eichel or, and, and Tuck and, and Krebs, I believe. So that's the other part of this is, look, if you're in the playoffs, that pick isn't as hurtful, right? Uh, I still feel like they have a lot of tools. I feel like Vegas has a a lot organizationally to where they're going to be good um, for a long, long time. But 
and that missing the playoffs to you know to kind of finish off your question missing the playoffs sucks it hurts it's long it'll be the longest off season in five year in the five-year history of the franchise um so the expansion you know not, not expansion draft the 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 entry draft lottery was something that Vegas never had to worry about because they were never involved and they were involved and they end up being picked basically right away at 16th because mm -hmm. it's the top 16 picks because you have the other 16 teams in the playoffs that will be determined later. But this is different. Um, free agency starts in the middle of July. The schedule will be released probably toward the end of that month and then camp and then preseason. It's long. Um, you know, there was a somber, the overall mood of this press conference was somber. Well, it, it was, course. it was sad. Um, because, you know, you have, there's a bunch of restricted free agents, but Riley Smith is the only unrestricted free agent. So I think that <laughs> Riley Smith, you, you has probably played his last game, if I had to guess, and they didn't unload him and they're going to get nothing for him. So look, a couple months to sign him, see what happens. I don't think um, I missed anything on the Golden Knights front. There's been, it's been a little while since we've done a show. Um, yeah, over a week, right? Yeah. So you've had kind of, you know, a lot of stuff um, go on, but no clear answer on Pete DeBoer, I guess, is the way to kind of end, you know, this segment is no clear answer um, on Pete DeBoer. Uh I still lean that he stays. Uh, I think, you know, Barry Trotz is a big domino to fall. And, and, and if they're not jumping soon, they're not jumping because that's the, that, that, that's a fish. He still wants to coach and he was did dirty. And I think it's a tremendous story an amazing story. If he were to come to Vegas and win a cup after he won a cup against Vegas, I think that's a tremendous story. And what if it was against like the Islanders that or capitals that would be like, because I still have Barry Trotz nightmares about the series. What you look at what Barry Trotz did after game one that Vegas won in that series, he made so many adjustments and Vegas didn't win another game. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. that's the guy right there that good on the power play, really good, really good X's and O's, lots of experience, knows the game, respected, gets stuff out of guys and that's yeah. i mean it, it look if if you're not doing it soon you're just not doing it right. so well with all that being said please go check out our friends at inside the rink they are producing and popping out content like no tomorrow with all the playoffs um and a quick word from our Inside the Rink sponsors and friends, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for up to their 27th, almost 28th year of live betting. Sign up <clears throat> for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for 125% sign up bonus. I would have lost for sure if I, I was betting on the night. I lost a long time ago. <laughs> but I would have gotten my sign-up bonus, so there's that. So the promo code, guys, is RINK, R-I-N-K, for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US, you bet you win, you get paid. Bet US. 
com. With that, um, it's definitely time for us to. We're going to get on with. We're actually going to bring him on right now. We're actually going to have Nick Rabone uh, join us right now. So here we are, Nick Rabone, associate head coach, UNLV Hockey, joins us here on the Vegas Fever podcast. Welcome. Nick, Nick, welcome. Thank you for having, uh, well, thank you for coming on our show. <laughs> Normally I'm going on others. <laughs> So now we have a guest, and this is something that we look to do um, a lot. Nick, thank you for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Never a problem. We are fascinated with how far UNLV's hockey program has come. And that's what led me to reach out to you um, about doing this. And we're so grateful for that. Um, Tell us a little bit, you know, and tell the people that listen to our show a little bit about yourself. How long have you been with the program, um, et cetera? Yeah, so the program itself has been around for about 16 seasons now. This will be the 17th year in the program's history. Um, I've been with the team now for six seasons. This is going to be my seventh. Um, It's crazy how much time has flown by with it. And I'm very grateful to be part of the program and definitely see the growth that we've had here. Uh, over that time. Um, you know, I think the big, the big thing for us always will be the uh, Golden Knights coming to Las Vegas, obviously. So, you know, when I first arrived and, and started coaching the program, we were playing at the Las Vegas Ice Center. Um, it's a smaller rink, you know, we, we were happy to call it home then. And, um, you know, I had a good little setup at the bar and whatnot, but it's definitely not the uh, $26 million facility we have today. So when the Knights of first came here, um, we, you know, we had began discussion with them about how we'd be able to, to partner with them and um, be able to play and practice out of the, the practice facility there at City National Arena. And um, we spoke to Murray Craven at the time and talked about the locker room setup and they had us in mind from the beginning. So we're very grateful of that. And, you know, it's really kind of just blown up into something so much bigger than I ever anticipated. And um, now, you know, we, we packed the, the pack the rink with seven, eight, 900 fans a game. And, you know, this upcoming season, we'll, we'll play three NCAA games at the Division One level. So it's, uh, like I said, it's been crazy to see the growth from the ACHA Division Two to ACHA Division One, and hopefully beyond. I remember there being, when we lived in Las Vegas, you know, the, you know before the Golden Knights, there was only a few sheets of ice um, in Las Vegas, and the growth has has just been leaps and bounds from getting programs into schools and having traveling teams, young and older, the way that the Golden Knights have come in and just changed everything about hockey in the state of Nevada has just been absolutely incredible. And, and, you know, you already touched on it, but, you know, one of my questions was, do you think the Knights brought more of a passion out for the youth in Las Vegas for hockey, but, you know, you already answered it. Right. You know, um, it's great to see. Absolutely. There is. Yeah. I mean, no, go ahead. Um, You know, I sat on the, I sat on the board of NAHA, which is the Nevada Amateur Athletic um, Hockey Association. And um, when I was sitting on the board, this was pre the nights getting there, you know, we'd be lucky if we had, 40 or 50 mites, which would be eight and unders, um, join in Nevada. And now towards the end, I just, I just resigned and moved on and 
have somebody else coming in there, but it was like 500 in the last couple of years. So it's, it's pretty crazy. Tell us a little bit about the UNLV hockey team, where you guys will travel. How does the division that you play and work, et cetera? So we play at the uh, American Collegiate Hockey Association Division One level. There's uh, there's about 65 teams in our in our division in, in our league, and um, we we also have a conference that we play out as well. So we play out of what's called the the WCHL, um, and it mainly consists of the the Western Conference teams. So we have a set schedule that we play within conference, where we play teams like University of Arizona. Arizona State, GCU, Utah, Colorado, Colorado State, um, and now San Diego and Oregon will probably be joining that as well here in the next few years. Um, but just like any other college program, you know, we're going to play between 30 and 35 games throughout the year. Um, you know, we, we traveled all most of those places by bus, but, you know, for our program, we, we like to consider ourselves elite. And with that being said, we don't ever travel um, by bus anywhere over six hours. So it's kind of kind of our sell. It's kind of like our recruiting pitch um, for a lot of our guys is that, you know, we, we treat them like, like real uh, athletes should be treated. So nothing crazy where you're traveling halfway across the country by bus or anything like that. Um, so that's, that's a big deal for us is making sure our guys come here and get a first class college hockey experience, both on and off the ice. Um, but the program itself, like I said, we always try and schedule um, the best teams that we can. So for us, this is going to be a very unique opportunity, like I said, where we're going to play the University of Alaska Anchorage in Alaska twice, and then they'll come down to Las Vegas and play us once. Um, unfortunately, you know, those games aren't going to go towards the rankings in our league or anything along those lines, but they are going to be great competition. It's good for exposure, and obviously with us always wanting to push the envelope and eventually get to that varsity status, it's a big step in the right direction. That's amazing. How does, do you guys get any funds from the university? How does, how can people support? I know that to get to the level that you guys are looking to get at, it's all about funding and donations and raising money. Do you guys get anything from the school and how does that work? So when you think about what we fall under, which is club sports, essentially, you know, quote unquote, um, you know, it's tough to kind of visualize, and this is no disrespect to, to some of the other club sports, um, but, you know, when you think about our men's ice hockey program with a budget of $500,000, 32 different, uh, 32 student athletes and, you know, eight to 10 staff, it's a lot different than per say maybe the bowling team or things like that. But essentially we do fall under the same umbrella. So when it comes to funding from the school, you know, we, you know, we put in for certain items and the school you know, they help us out the best they can. But when you look at the grand scheme of our budget, it's just a small drop in the bucket. So a lot of our funding is going to be coming from, you know, donors, boosters, fundraising events, um, and then sponsorship sales. So, you know, there's all sorts of ways people can help us out financially. And I think uh, whether they're looking to get exposure for their business and, you know, for us, we have different sponsorship levels. That's always a big deal for us. We have our, our donor puck wall, um, and then we do some fun events, obviously, throughout the year to show our appreciation for all of our donors and supporters as well. So generally, that's where a large chunk 
of our money is going to come from. And then, you know, we're lucky to have great fans and a great community to, for us to be profitable on game day. And we'll make some money off our merchandise sales as well. So there's, uh, there's always ways people can help out, whether it be, uh, you know, 15 or $20 or $20,000, <laughs> you know, um, it's all going to go towards what, what our budget consists of is, you know, with travel and, you know, our ice fees and uh, gear and food. And, you know, when you're traveling with 30 people, um, all these things add up, you know, the meals on the road generally are between five, $500 and $750 a meal. Um, you know, traveling with that many people to St. Louis, where we were just after the national tournament, it wound up being a $24,000 trip. So, you know, we're not trying to, to, you know, um, necessarily make people feel sorry for us. It's just a matter of people understanding what it takes to run an elite program. I mean, I mean, these are just facts of the matter. I mean, it's going to take a lot. How does Nate, I don't know if, does NIL, name, image, likeness, does that affect you guys at all being a club sport? The only difference with the NIL and us is that we, uh, we essentially don't have to go through the university um, because we're, we're not associated with the uh, athletic department per se. So, you know, our guys can go out and use their name, image, and likeness as much as they want. And, you know, there's, there's nothing that says they can't do that. And they're their own they're their own brand. And, you know, we talk about that a lot with our guys and even more so now is, you know, you are, you are your brand and how you portray yourself on social media is going to be a big yeah. part of that. And right. now it's, um, it's something that, you know, 10 years ago when I was playing, you didn't even have to, didn't even come across your mind. Now, you know, we have two PowerPoint slides in our, in our pre season meeting, just going over social media rules and conducts. So it's, uh, it's crazy to think. I mean, I'm so glad that, you know, that, portion of collegiate athletic sports has changed i mean there's a lot that you have to prepare yourself for like you're talking about the you know these presentations and slides that you have to give the kids but it really is deserved for the longest time you, you know i mean these are ncaa violations in various sports and and and, and people could go to prison people could lose their name their shirt they could lose everything and it's completely different now. And I'm really glad that it is because, you know, kids should be able to make a little money. They should be able to represent themselves. They should be able to do all the things that they're able to do. So 100%. 100%. how close is the program? And you could just, you know, give a ballpark. How close is the program to getting to the next level, that level that everybody, you know, in Las Vegas and surrounding the program wants UNLV hockey at? Well, when we talk about that, and, and by we, I mean, you know, myself and Coach Greener, and, um, you know, we always, you know, pride ourselves in knowing that we want to win a national championship at the level that we're at. And that's always going to be our main goal is, is uh, the student athletes that we have right now um, and, and making sure that we're putting the best possible product on the ice. And we think that if we're going to do that, that's a large part in people taking notice that the program is on the right path to hopefully gaining that varsity status. Um, you know, the second thing is having some continuity within the UNLV athletic department. It's going to be a big deal. Um, you know, since we've been there now six years, the, the school is going on its third athletic director. And, um, you, you know, we had great conversations with both Tina and Desiree and, and now moving forward, we hope to do the same with Eric. Um, you know, from where we understand Eric's in there for the long haul and he actually dropped the puck at, at one of our last games when we played Oregon um, this past season. So we like to think he's in our corner already. And, 
I think um, for him, he's, he's got a lot of work to do within the community and his main focus is probably going to be on the, the current athletic um, teams that are, are at that, that varsity level. Uh, but we like to think that, um, you know, he would have to give us a hard look if somebody were to come along and, and donate some, some big dollar amounts to the program to get us to that next level. Um, so, you know, there's no time frame on it, short answer. Um, but I do think that, like I said, us even just playing NCAA Division One games next season, um, it, it's huge. You know, it's, yeah. it's great for, for us to be able to show that we can even compete at that level now, hopefully, um, without having the resources that some of these other teams do. Yeah, playing Anchorage, playing Anchorage is a big deal. Um, that'll be good for the program, especially to play, play them three times, essentially. Um, we'll be really, really good. What events, um, if you got, you know, if you could tell us what events you guys have coming up uh, in the future in terms of um, players, uh, recruiting, camp, et cetera, anything that, you know, you want to let our listeners know maybe how they can support, et cetera, stuff like that. Of course. Um, so for us, you know, we just finished our recent prospect camp a couple of weeks ago to the national arena and it's a very competitive camp like it is year in and year out. And generally we only take maybe one or two players from that camp because if us as a staff are doing our job right, then, you know, we're hitting that recruiting trail pretty early and looking at certain guys and, uh, we're excited to announce our recruiting class coming up here probably in the next few weeks. We're just waiting for, uh, for a couple more commitments to be finalized. Um, but I think people are going to be really excited with the guys we're bringing in that some at the NCAA, you know, division three level and possibly division one level transfers um, and, and some great guys from some, some numerous junior leagues, a couple of local people, uh, a couple of local players as well. So it's, um, it's going to be a really fun recruiting class and, Fortunately, we really didn't have to uh, recruit that many players this year because we had so many guys coming back, you know, from a That's team that was yeah. yeah, 27 and five last year. We only lose three seniors. So, wow. you know, it's, wow. it's always great to have competition. And that's what we're looking for when we're recruiting. Um, but that'll be, you know, moving forward, the, the next few things coming up will be our schedule release um, here in early June. And then season tickets will go on sale early July. Um, and then we do our annual, you know, giant golf fundraiser, which will be in, in late August. We've sent to save the date after August 26th. Um, but that's a, a huge event for us. It's a lot of fun. We do some crazy stuff, like helicopter golf ball drop, um, golf ball launchers, um, you know, all sorts of different things. So it's a lot of fun. That'll be the sixth to seventh year we've done this tournament. And it's grown and, and, you know, we generally sell it out pretty quick. So anybody that's interested on May 16th, we'll be opening up registrations for that. Highly suggest getting your whole sponsors and foursomes all in there because it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a great time. And, and like I said, it fills up very, very quickly. 27 and five, and you only lose a couple of guys. I mean, I mean, that is gearing up for a big run for, you know, they made the, I mean, they were in the final four last year, the ACHA. I mean, this is, this is the year where you go and you win the thing because I mean, absolutely. They, they have all the tools. They have everything. If somebody wanted to watch or listen, mm -hmm. is there a way for us to do that outside and inside Las Vegas by chance? We stream every home game um, through our YouTube channel at UNLV Rebel Hockey. 
So that'll be a big, that's a, that's a great opportunity to be able to catch, catch us if you're not in Las Vegas. Um, and then all those games are archived as well. So even if you uh, miss the game that night and want to catch the next day, you know, it's going to be available to everyone. And then uh, nine times out of 10, normally wherever we travel on the road, there's going to be a, a broadcast as well. And, you know, if you follow us on social media, on Twitter or Instagram or um, Facebook, you know, at UNLV Rebel Hockey, you know, we always post those links so everybody's able to follow along. And our social media team does an unbelievable job on Twitter, making sure that everybody's staying up to date as well. So plenty of ways to follow the Rebels during games. That's amazing. I didn't know about the YouTube channel. So that's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> that, that's absolutely what we're doing. That's, that, that's handy stuff right there. I'm actually going to go on uh, uh, Dana Lane's uh, hockey hotline on Friday. And I'm going to talk awesome. a little bit. Of, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit of puck with him, uh, some, some nights and some, and some NHL. Um, he had the nicest things to say about you and um, you and this program are absolutely fantastic. And it really is a, a, you know, a privilege and, and, and really great to have you on the show. Yes. And this is something that we're going to do uh, more and more of. We just want to support, you know, yeah. Las Vegas is our home. I mean, not currently at the time, but we are, I mean, he's born I, and raised there. I, I live there 30 hockey, years. So yeah. we just want to support you guys. No, of course. I mean, we, you know, we love Dana and I love talking hockey and I, I mean, I'll talk about our program and answer any questions you guys have whenever, um, you know, we love this community. Like I said, I was born and raised here and, and UNLV graduate myself. So for me, I'm very passionate about it. And, you know, so is coach Greener, the, the both of us are, uh, we're in it for the long haul and we want to see this thing take off even more so than it already has, but can't do it without the support of the community and people like yourself. So this is great exposure for us. So thank you. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. We will talk to you again. Thank you for coming on with us. Congratulations yeah. on all your guys' success. Absolutely. Awesome guys. Well, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. And there you have it folks. That was Nick Rabone, associate head coach, UNLV hockey. Great, great conversation. Great stuff by him. Go, um, go support. Absolutely. UNLV Skating Rebels. Season's going to be, you know, here before you know it in the fall. They still got a whole lot going on, signing players, um, et cetera. But there will be more from him. Stay tuned in the future. Wanted to also mention, be sure to check me out if you're in Vegas. And even if you're not because there is a way for you to listen, even if you're outside of Las Vegas, but it is. Uh, well, I'm sure you'll link it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll send out, mm -hmm. you know, I'll send out some, you know, some, some information about that. It's uh, with Dana Lane uh, on the hockey hotline. Yay. It'll be uh, KSHP 1400 on the AM dial in Las Vegas uh, at 1115 AM Pacific time, 215 Eastern time uh, and anywhere in between, wherever you are. Uh, we're going to talk some puck. Um, we're going to talk about a podcast. I'm going to, I mean, if he gives me a plug minute second, I'll do it, but I'm, I'm sure he'll ask where we, where he could find us. But uh, you know, Steve Carp, which I'm a big fan of. I have the book running that book that you bought me many years ago. Yes. Running is by Steve Carp. He covered the team for a long, long time. He's covered hockey. He just joined Dane, you know, Dana's show, the hockey hotline. So you tell him you have the book. I'm going to tell him that I, I've been, been a fan and I have the book and I followed him. I used to read his 
articles in the newspaper when he when he worked for the RJ. Um, he's done he's done it all, and he hopped out of sports, but then is hopping back in, and he's hopped on to be a host of that show. Dana does a couple of different shows. One starts at ten, I believe. It's more of a betting show, and then you have the the hockey hotline. So. I'm going to hop on there 11.15 p.m. or 11.15 a.m. East uh, Pacific, 11 a.m. Oh, my goodness. Okay, 11.15 a.m. Pacific, 2.15 Eastern on Friday, folks. Not today, not tomorrow. The 13th. Friday. Very creepy. Ooh, creepy. Uh, a.m. 1400 KSHP, uh, and I'll send out all the linkage for that. Um, UNLV lost a player, Josh Baker. Uh, he'll be transferring. He came in from... Uh, community college, I think Hutchinson in Kansas. So he's going to be on the way out an extra scholarship for Kevin Kruger. So still waiting to hear about Donovan Williams, if he's going to stay in the draft or not, that should be coming up shortly. Uh, Oopsie. So yeah. Um, Vegas varsity. Yes, please. Um, a lot of you guys use our code for their promotion that yes. was going on. That is over. But if you still use our code, VFP10, 10, 10% off your entire purchase. That's right. VegasVarsity.com. Awesome. Shirts. Yes. Hats. Yes. The hats. That's. We're... I just remembered I'm going to order you for your birthday. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> the hats, yes, are awesome. I can't wait. And they have great shipping times, good products, good quality. Um, and save 10% off. Yep, VegasVarsity.com. Also, InsideTheRank.com, at Inside underscore the underscore rank. Um, definitely check out, you know, UNLV oh, Hockey. Right. At, yes, at UNLV please. Rebel Hockey on Twitter and at Nick, at Nick Rabone. We just had him on, so we're really, really happy about that. Please subscribe after you listen. Um and let us know what you think about the show. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns at the golden wife over there on Twitter at Vegas fever pod is myself. Um, yeah, that's it. That was fun. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Everybody have a good day. Thank you.